Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense, common knowledge, or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do, but only 0.1% are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast, now part of the Finding Genius Foundation. I have uh, Dr. David Friedman, uh, he's an award-winning, number one best-selling author of Food Sanity, Doctor of Naturopathy, a clinical nutritionist, a chiropractic neurologist, and part-time comedian, to top it off. So we're going to talk about the immune-boosting effects of laughter. So, David, thank you for coming today. Oh, it's great to be here. Yeah. So uh, tell me a bit about your uh, your practice and how did laughter come into the equation here? Well, you know, as you mentioned, I, I wrote a book on food, and that was primarily from Hippocrates, the father of medicine. You know, said food is medicine. So I, I did my part. I wrote a book on healthy eating called Food Sanity, How to Eat in a World of Fads and Fiction. Then I read about a renowned surgeon from the 13th century named Dr. Mendelvey that coined the phrase, laughter is the best medicine. So I decided to write the ultimate LOL prescription, Funny Bones. And basically, it's a compilation of 30 years of my practice and all the fun that I've interjected because laughter really is medicine. And now I'm known as the only holistic doctor that leaves his patients in stitches. <laughs> and as a as a chiropractic neurologist, I'm always accused of talking behind my patients' backs and getting on their nerves, literally. Uh, the puns, yeah, I make a lot of pun jokes too. The pun, it's a lot of punishment, yeah. When when I was born, my uh my uh actually before I was born, the doctor said to my mom, um, "You have a pun in the oven." <laughs> uh, so I started before birth. Right on, yeah. I, you know, I have kids. I don't know if you do, but it's a good goal is to make them say every day. Oh my God, Dad! You know, so if I can do that <laughs> once a day, I'm happy to do it. <laughs> so true, so true. So, how do you use humor in your practice, and when do you use it? And yeah, we'll go. We'll start from there. Yeah, basically, I've been uh, pretty much incorporating humor into my practice from um, the day I graduated. But I really stepped it up a notch when I worked on the film. It uh, was. Uh, I think it was a Golden Globe Award-nominated film, Patch Adams, about this doctor who used friendship and laughter with his patients to help them heal without compromising his skills as a doctor. And uh, I worked on that Robin Williams movie, and uh, it really inspired me to step things up a notch. So uh, that's why I interject. And I had the honor of uh, interviewing Patch Adams on my show uh, earlier this year and thanking nice. him for, for that uh, that inspiration. So I actually dedicate the book in there to uh to him and his his guidance which is great so you know it, it, it's funny because i'll uh you know I'll, I'll see patients who are miserable they're stressed they're in pain and no matter my skills as a doctor no matter what i do whether it's nutrition whether it's in neurology chiropractic if, if i can't get them between the ears to relax smile and get rid of that stress they're not going to get better really science we can touch the base on science but Man, when you get people to just let loose, get rid of that stress and laugh, they heal. And then it allows the rest of the body to kind of follow. And I can kind of figure out if a patient's going to be a tough one to get better or if it's going to be easy. For example, I have a herniated disc which brought me into chiropractic. My father, his father, his father were medical doctors. And a chiropractor helped me. So it's some, something I consider as my specialty. I can fix it. 
But when I walk in and I see somebody attached to their negativity, oh, my uncle, you know, he had to get surgery and this and that, and I read about this and that. They're so negative. It's tough to get them better. I have to break it through the ears first, get them to gravitate toward the healing, and then it, the body follows, and then, then they mm. get better. And so it's kind of neat how I can tell that how your attitude really determines your ability to heal. I interviewed John Tesh and Scott Hamilton on my show. Both were told they were going to die of cancer. They used humor. They said it on my show. They said, humor is what got me through. And Scott Hamilton said, hmm. I laughed at death. I laughed death in the face. And I beat it because of my laughter and my joy. And I said, wow, that's oh, wow. powerful. That's powerful. Yeah. Do you, uh, does your staff warn patients that are seeing you for the first time? Or, you know, when you walk in the room, all of a sudden the, the shtick begins and you see if no. they want to laugh or not? No, shtick doesn't really begin. It's basically just banter. It's not throwing shtick or jokes. It's just it's just funny uh, humor. It's not for hey, knock knock, who's there? None of that. That's it's it's not like jokes. It's uh, just back and forth funny banter that just happens to come out of the air. It's an improv, and uh, you know, I see people coming with their arms crossed and they're a little leery, a little nervous. A lot of times they're in pain and they're anxious and they're nervous, and we banter and we connect. And you know what? Their arms stop crossing. They're relaxed, and now you know what? I've got a patient for life. Because that patient and I became friends. They trust me. We bond. They get better. And they tell friends and family members I've never advertised. It's all word of mouth. And I think when, you know, I interviewed Scott Rouse, who did this. He's the, uh, the member of that 14 that, you know, sees if you're lying detectors. Have you seen him? They did the, um, forgot the name of the show. But he said that uh, he teaches a course now on telling MDs how to be friends with their patients, how to joke how to bond with them instead of being this little serious. And he says it keeps you from getting sued because no one's going to sue their friend. <laughs> so you, I guess you lead with a relaxed, genial manner, and then the patient tends to respond to that because you're relaxed and you're not gruff and uptight and hurted and all that. Exactly. Yeah. They, they don't get the white coat syndrome with me. Never have. Hmm. That makes sense. I mean, do you still wear a white coat or do you wear like no. a... For, for a promo, for, or anything like that. no promo pictures because I was showing I did one with me with the white coat and I cut it in half and have half of it with Hawaiian shirt and half of it for the doctor part showing hey that's what you get here but no I don't I don't like wearing a white coat when I'm in practice so what do you notice uh, is it that patients feel listened to and that's why they relaxed or is it in particular what you're saying to them like you know if someone's like uh, how do I do this in my clinic doc uh, what what is some of your instruction to them. Um, it's interesting. I've actually been on podcasts and radio shows where medical doctors have been interviewed. And at the end, they go, you know, I really want to apply this. I want to create more laughter as medicine, especially after you go over the science. I mean, it's a, we'll, we'll touch on some of that. But I mean, the science is unequivocal. I mean, laughter is medicine. It's not just, oh, makes them smile, makes them feel better. It literally changes the physiological, biological, emotional, neurological to the positive. So it behooves doctors to lighten up a little bit and, and stop being so serious and stop being so, you know, diagnose. I call it adios and di or diagnose and adios. And that's what they do. Diagnose and adios. And, uh, and I think that that makes a patient want to find another opinion or they go and Google. I don't trust my doctor. He doesn't listen to me. He doesn't care about me. He doesn't bond with me. And I think that's important. And I listen to my patients. And um, I, I take that time, even though I'm busy, I still take that time. And you can ask any patient in 30 years, have they ever seen me in a bad mood? And they'll tell you, no, I'm always smiling. Doesn't mean I'm always in a good mood because I'll tell you this, I've had my tough days, my stress. I've had my losses of life in my family. I've walked in very, very, very depressed. But here's what's neat about the human body. 
You fake it till you make it. It's not fair for me to put my hands on a patient and give them my negativity. They're not coming mm. to me for negativity and they're going to, and it's not. So I smile, I laugh. And you know what? In 20 minutes, I'm happy because the brain doesn't know the difference between a fake giggle and a laugh and a real one. It creates the same neuropeptides. It cascades the same endorphins, the same serotonin, the same dopamine as if you were really laughing. And that's the key. So I tell people, oh, Friedman, my life sucks. It's stressful. What are you talking about? This laughter. Fake it. Put a smiley face sticky on your phone to remind you. Get a screensaver that has a smiley face. When you wake up in the morning, don't turn the news on. That's negative. Start your day off reading a funny joke or watching dad jokes on YouTube. Whatever makes you smile. Comedy channel on the way, on the way to work. And you'd be surprised how you get in a good mood. Before we continue... I've been personally funding the Finding Genius podcast for four and a half years now, which has led to 2,700 plus interviews of clinicians, researchers, scientists, CEOs, and other amazing people who are working to advance science and improve our lives and our world. Even though this podcast gets 100,000 plus downloads a month, we need your help to reach hundreds of thousands more worldwide. Please visit FindingGeniusPodcast.com and click on Support Us. We have three levels of membership from 10 to $49 a month, including perks such as the ability to see ahead in our interview calendar and ask questions of upcoming guests, transcripts of podcasts you're interested in, the ability to request specific topics or guests, and more. Visit FindingGeniusPodcast.com and click support us today. Now back to the show. Maybe you should threaten to tie them down and tickle their foot with a feather if they don't laugh. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's coming next, but I usually get it before that. Well, what have you noticed when you, know, you come into a room and you get a patient that's just in a sour mood? Um, you know, I don't know, there are times where your stuff falls flat and then you're like, uh, what do I do? Or does it always work? Like, what are some of the nuances of what you do? Here's what happens. Some have a decision. They've made the decision not to be happy. There's always some part of you that wants, to, but they've made the decision. I don't deserve to be happy. I'm not having a happy work, so I'm going to be miserable and I deserve it. No, you, you don't deserve it. You deserve happiness. And my goal is to kind of switch that around and, and give them a checkup from the neck up because it really is something that they can control. And and it's sad now, and, and I'll bring this up, is things have changed. Now people feel like it's, oop, I'm, I, I offend people if I laugh. And, you know, oops, I'm not supposed to smile. But I'll share this. I, I uh, got a Facebook post that said, four years ago today you posted this. And I looked. It was funny. People laughed. It was a woman bending forward, tying her shoe. And just you could see the top of her head, it was glasses and a barrette. And it looked like a Muppet tying a shoe. And I said, hey, folks, does this look like a Muppet tying his shoe in the subway? Everybody loved it, laughed. And I said, I'll post it again. Buddy, you would not believe, you would not believe how accosted I was, Richard. The, the threats, how were, dare were you? you I'm a, gonna, appropriating the, Muppet culture or something? What, what were they no, it's, oh, no, no. Elder abuse, making fun of this old lady. How dare you? How dare you? What if you were her grandson? What if you were her? I should turn you into the board. I'm unfriending you. Unfriend, shame on you. Oh, my. But here's the kicker. I went back and I looked at the four-year-ago post. Richard, it was the same people that were accosting me that were laughing at it four years prior. Really? They, they used to have a sense of humor. So my point is we need to get it back. We used to laugh four or five, six years ago. Now we feel that, oh, I can't laugh anymore. So it's a decision that you folks out there have made that are seeing that you can't laugh and have fun because, and you know, I put in there, I said, shame on you guys. You used to have a sense of humor. This was funny four years ago. What happened? And they didn't say a <laughs> word. <laughs> Jeez, that's crazy. Huh. 
Well, what do you think? Is it just, I guess, societal pressure is uh, told everyone, oh, you better be serious. Because uh, I mean, what's wrong with laughing? What's wrong with relaxing and smiling? You know, according, let's say if you talk to MDs, fellow MDs or other people, why are they telling you that they're uncomfortable doing this or they're afraid to do it, let's say? I don't know if they're afraid to do it. They're just, they're just come from that mindset where you've got to be serious, you know, the, the, the old tie and jacket. And, you know, I, I think that when you look at, and that's been that way, 5, 10, 20, 30, I think medical doctors in general, and even all kinds of physicians don't, don't feel they can break that barrier. It works. People come back. And what's funny is I, is I never charge for the treatments in my office. Never have. I just charge for the jokes. <laughs> the treatments are free. <laughs> uh. Always has been. <laughs> But what's interesting is the, you know, like I said, with, with uh, the comedians, I've interviewed Jay Leto on my show, Howie Mandel on my show, and, and, and they're scared to do stand-up comedy because they don't know if they're going to say something that could maybe tomorrow ruin their career. Howie Mandel's very improv, and he says, I'm up two, three in the morning going through his head what he said. Did I say something that might, you should have to, you're a comedian. But, yeah, you know, it, it, it's changed. So, so. I get it, but you know we're allowed to. My book's a clean, fun humor, but I will tell you, 21 pages of my book were crossed out by the editor. You can't say that anymore. I'm like, but it's cute, it's fun. Can't say this, can't say oh, or Oriental medicine, can't say that word. I go, oh my god. So I'm gonna give the 21 pages to the select few that I know are cool and won't be offended. But what's in there now, it pretty much appeals to everybody. So it's all cleaned up. But who knows? It's subjective. Some people might go, oh, wait a minute, you said the word fart. That's a bad word. <laughs> Do you instruct your patients how to, should they, should they sign up for publications that send them a joke of the day? Like, you know, should they have this humor pushed to them so they're surrounded by it more? Or they, you know, should they make a habit of seeking it out? Like, how do you help someone that needs help literally to laugh and relax? Um, it just comes naturally. There's no, no instructions. I don't write a prescription for laughter, except I guess funny bones would be a prescription for laughter if you want to call it that. And um, like I said, everybody, find, here's what's interesting. We, we all gravitate toward laughter. It's the highest number one channels on Sirius, 13 of them for comedy. To put that in perspective, there's only five for classic rock and there's like four for jazz. So, so we really gravitate toward no matter what race you are, no matter what color, whatever sex you are, wherever you live, whether it's Russia, Germany and China, we love to laugh. It's what binds us. It's what we all love to do in our own special way. And what really I love is. When you laugh, no one knows where you're from. It all sounds the same. It's the one form of communication we all share. If somebody from China laughs, we can't say, oh, that's Chinese laughter. No, it's laughter from South America, from, from Germany. Laughing is the same. And science has shown that it's what we did before we communicated. Millions of years ago, we laughed before we ever communicated. It was the original source of communication. So what I'm doing now is bringing that back together the one thing that bonds us on your show and my show we've had people that oppose each other you get the talio and the vegans and you get the democrats and the republicans you get this fighting but we love to laugh it's something that really binds us and guess what babies two weeks old can laugh and giggle before they speak you might say well that's because they've seen their mom do it maybe they're mimicking it a baby born blind and deaf giggles and laughs at two weeks Mm. Can't can't see it or hear it. It's innate within us, and that's what I'm tapping into. That innate ability to laugh and just get rid of stress. And you know, stress is the number one cause of every ailment. I've interviewed people, diabetes and, and heart disease and, and cancer and depression. And keep list goes on. It, it's linked to so many diseases. 
In fact, I read that 85% of all diseases, if we didn't have stress, wouldn't exist. Stress feeds them. It fuels them. Well, guess mm. what laugh, laughter does? It increases our endorphins, gets rid of stress, increases neuropeptides. It, it, it gets rid of stress, and there's so much science behind that. So really, it is medicine. It catches the root of the fire before it turns into the, uh, you know, the, uh, the giant uh, inferno. Yeah, I guess as a, as a tip for listeners, I have, you know, gone on YouTube and looked up, you know, videos of babies laughing. And then, you know, it's, it's so genuine from them that it does make you laugh or at least feel good. You know, kind of like an awe type thing. So it might be helpful for listeners if they watch videos like that, they'll laugh too. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's also, you know, how we learn. You know, I, I taught uh, in the 80s, I taught neuroanatomy. And to this day, I still bump into doctors that tell me it was my funny saying songs and silly mnemonics that helped them pass their national and state boards because I made this very, very complex course fun. And they remembered it. The body remembers things when it's funny. And then, you know, and, and what's so cool is, you know, science shows that. They've actually had, it was the Journal of Behavioral Neuroscience that revealed before and after MRI images that showed laughing improves cognitive function and overall brain health. So we learn better. And we remember, think about this, a week after the Super Bowl, which commercials do you remember the most? The ones that were funny. They stay with you. Yeah. Yes, yeah, we we remember by by uh, by funniness. So it's really interesting, and you know, and now everybody's immunity. Oh, we got to take our vitamin C and zinc and echinacea tea. And no, man, we need to laugh more because according to the Journal of Rheumatology, laughter decreases inflammation and increases infectious fighting antibodies. And I love another uh, study was in the International Journal of Molecular Medicine. They determined that natural killer cell activity was higher in the group watching funny videos compared to the controls. That means it helps your immune system and even combat and kill cancer cells. And that's been scientifically proven. Wow. So if you look at that and heart disease, we're so, you know, oh, watch your diet. You got to eat right. No, you need to have more knock-knock jokes. Because <laughs> according to the International Journal of Cardiology, there is, and I quote, the inverse association between a sense of humor and coronary heart disease. So that means a good chuckle could lower your risk of having a heart attack or stroke. Laughing also improves arterial compliance and vascular endothelial function. So, wow. I mean, and I have so many of these doctors giving me quotes and blurbs from my book that's saying, yeah, it does help the gut. It does help the brain. It does help the body. But my favorite, you ready? Laughing mm -hmm. burns calories. You lose weight by laughing. Vanderbilt University said you can burn mm -hmm. 40 calories per laugh. So basically, instead of counting calories, counting steps you take, we should count jokes we hear because it does help yeah. you lose weight. And you can do a 20-second belly laugh is equivalent to doing 100 sit-ups. Oh, so, yeah, so hey, yeah, so go to the gym or, hey, you want to have put it on the comedy channel. And actually, it's better than sit-ups because you're getting the core muscles. With sit-ups, you're just getting the external. When you have a good belly laugh, you ever notice how you're just so sore in the gut? I mean, it's like you're just, it's painful because you've had to work out deep, deep into the, into the fat, the, the visceral fat, those, those deep, deep intrinsic muscles surrounding that fat. So you do burn calories. Yeah. Some of my favorite memories are when I was with friends and we laughed so much that, you know, we, we cried and couldn't stop. They were few and far between, but they were our favorite memories. So I understand what you mean. Yeah. And, and you remember, didn't you feel good? Like, I mean, even like an hour after, it's almost like you were high. Like you, <laughs> it, it just created those endorphins that you just, and it, you just weren't as stressed. And it, it, it really, yeah. and, and science shows that it's like clapping is equivalent to a narcotic minus the side effect. So there's actually been studies showing that it does 
yeah, draw that same, you know, that that dopamine that you get when you uh, when you have a illegal a drug or so. This is illegal and there's no side effects, and you get the same benefits. Mm. So it was really cool on there. But you know, with uh, you probably talked to docs about the gut and the microbiome. It's so important for diseases. Right. You know, even God, they gave uh, arthritis, diabetes, heart disease, depression. But they found that a good belly laugh improves digestion. So it's due to the vagus nerve. It controls the rest and digest parasympathetic nervous system. And it stimulates the diaphragmatic breathing, which activates the, the, the part that helps you rest and digest. So it, it, they've done studies on ulcerative colitis, Crohn's disease, and showing how when you laugh, that vagus nerve stimulates the brain-gut axis. So it actually communicates between the central and enteric nervous system, linking emotional cognitive centers of the brain with the intestinal function. So it's actually, you ever notice that when you're, you're depressed, your your brain, it's like the gut. It's hard to think, yeah. Yeah, your gut, when your gut's bad, even your memory, trust your gut, your memory. I had a bad case of colitis and I couldn't remember the name of my front desk person who's been with me for 17 years. I said, go talk to the brunette at the top. So I had to heal my gut. But the gut has a lot to do with memory and has a lot to do with our immune system. 85% of the gut controls immunity. So laughter, you have a good gut belly laugh, which they call it, helps the immune system as well with the gut. Hmm. Okay. What What do you do if, um, you know, you're, a, I don't know, you're an oncologist or if you're, a, I don't know, a thyroid doctor, let's say, and you have to tell a patient that, uh, you know, they have cancer. What do you do with, you know, really difficult moments like that? Like I said, you know, you, you got difficult times. You're not going to sit there like, ha, 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 you got cancer. I mean, yeah, I mean, they're going to have cancer. It's going to be tough. They got to deal with it. You've got to step back. You got to let it digest. But you know what? People it's showing that people that, that can laugh and have a sense of humor, same with Scott Hamilton. He said he wouldn't be alive if it wasn't for his sense of humor and laughing and teasing and joking with the nurses and the doctors. And Patch Adams had story after story after story about people beat, beat death by laughing. So there's just so much science. So, yeah, you're not going to go in there laughing at somebody when, when they're, hey, I got something to tell you. Ha, ha, ha. No, it's, it's not that far. But once they get through that first phase, yeah, hey, why don't you just, you know, read some funny books or watch comedy channels. Science shows that it's healthier than watching sad movies or being sad about. And then, yeah, maybe they'll flip it on and it does make a difference. So it definitely helps with the, um, I mean, it's been shown to kill cancer cells. I'd give them the study. Turn it off. Say, hey, it's tough times, but read this study. Sure, chemo and all that, we're going to give you that. But look, there's a study showing that laughter kills cancer cells. Here's a scientific study. Wow. <laughs> that's not hearsay. That's that's real say. Yeah, I just wonder because I figure in those circumstances, it would be incredibly difficult to you know have humor if the person is in such despair, you know? Yeah, I mean, I get patients herniated disc can't even walk in. They're depressed. They're, they're in pain. I'm not going to sit there and, and, and joke. It's, it has its place. Everything has its place. But um, no, I think once that, that, that I get them a few times, get them to smile, laugh a little bit, say we're going to, you know, and then they get better. So they got a choice. They can stay miserable, worried, ponder about, oh, why me? Always me, always me. And oh, I got a broken leg, oh, this, that, that. Or say, you know what? I'm going to have a positive attitude. And as you know, positive attitude is everything when it comes to healing. If you don't stay positive and deal with the stress part, you know, it, it, you're, you're a goner. You know, why not give it a chance? Give it some 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 humor. Hmm. Well, I don't know. What are some of the people that have been most difficult to make laugh and why? Uh, probably the chemical engineers. <laughs> uh. 
<laughs> they Uh-oh. come in, they're all serious. And it's like, you know, and what's funny is it's like, and you know what? I, I read people. It's like, all right, that's not the kind of, that's not the person. And after third, fourth visit, I get a little smile. I go, wow, I found where, and then we get him a smile and wow, becomes a great, otherwise it's like so analytical, it's analysis, paralysis. And it's, you know, like I said, with, with, uh, and it's like not telling jokes, it's just, you know, finding funny humor in some of the, just the daily activities. You know, same with celebrities that come in, you know, they're serious, a lot of them work 16, 18 hours and they come in and, you know, they unwind. And that's and then I become the, the chiropractic neurologist and doctor for the uh, the stars mm. for that reason, because I inject a lot of humor. Hmm. Interesting. OK. So, I mean, you, I mean, it sounds ridiculous, like uh, our doctor is asking you for a training program on how to do this. Like, where do you see other professionals just get stuck and not know to, know how to do it? Or I don't know what if they're. Humor is horrible, and they, I don't know, they, they, they just don't connect with people, and they embarrass themselves. Like, what happens? I, I don't think it's something you can force. I, I think it's something where if uh, something funny happens, you know, where some patient tell you a funny story, tell the few patients after. Of course, you're not going to use the same name, but hey, I had a patient today, and then t- tell them a funny story, you know, and get them to laugh, and it's just, it's just oh, you never guess what just happened, and then that's, you know, that's what I do, and then you you create laughter. I had a late, just, just left. I'm no joke. Just the last patient before I got on this phone, she says, I'm going to a funeral tomorrow. And she says, um, I, have, I get nervous laughter at funerals. She says, it's just how I deal with mourning. And I said, I said, of course you do. <laughs> and she starts laughing. And she says, that was a quick one, Friedman. I said, I was dead on, wasn't I? Dead on. And she's like, little simple things like that. And it's like, you know, she's cracking up as she left. But you know, and that's how I did, how you basically deal with it. Like I said, there are courses you take to, uh, Scott Rouse teaches it. He has a whole course for doctors to teach them how to bond and bring more laughter and not just laughter, but just friendship, you know, just mm. bringing more, more caring. It's not necessarily coming in with a clown nose, but, um, yeah, yeah so well, there are true. courses now. Yeah. So there are courses. And, you um, know, so the, that, do people have more problems with the, la- you know, making people laugh part or is it the opening yourself up to patients and maybe sharing some personal stories that, that make doctors cringe? Like, where do they have the hardest time with this stuff? Well, pertaining to who? Patients or doctors? Uh, uh, doctors, yeah. Yeah, I, I think doctors are just, um, you know, you, you, patients a number. It's a, some of them don't even touch your shake. They, they just come in, history, here's your prescription to leave. You know, look at the medical point. And, you know, where I'm, I'm more hands-on. God, I had the patient come in and um, he was having chest pain. And he went through a whole slew. He's had Grandpa had heart attack. They heard that. They put him through all these tests for heart and echo. And they did this thigh study and couldn't find it. And he was here for headaches and neck pain. And he says, I'm still having this chest pain. I go, where? And he touched it. I went right to it and I touched it. He goes, oh, that's it. I said, wait a minute. That's your pain? Yeah, that's it. I said, that's the chest pain you went to the cardiologist for? Yes. I said, did he ever touch your pain? He said, no. All he heard is I had chest pain in order these tests. I said, you have costochondritis. It's an inflammation of the cartilage. And I treated him two times. He's better. He got fixed because I touched the guy. I said, you call the cardiologist and said, put your hands where patients are hurting. Don't put them through this little run through. And you know what? It, it, he fortunate all these tests. Oh, let's put them through this little game. Touch your patients mentally, emotionally, physically. You know, if there's patients hurting, feel where they're hurting. Don't just say, oh, okay, I know history. And, you know, that's just one example of many. And, you know, that's kind of what they need to learn. It, it's not this, like I said, adios diagnose. And, you know, I see so much of that. And whether it's just a joke about their diet, something that's funny about their lifestyle, something that's funny about happening on the way to work, share a little funny story with them. Unwind. 
you know, and then get them to stay. Yeah, that's kind of the goal. I mean, do uh, do doctors feel like the patients are going to lose respect to them if they're not this, uh, you know, this very prim and proper and serious physician? Uh, patients are being lost because the doctors aren't being more touchy feely, lovey. Because they, you know what, my doctor does number one, number one question. If you could describe your doctor, what do you feel? He doesn't doesn't care about me. I'm a number. Mm. Yeah. I'm a number. I thought of that before, yeah. Yeah. And and you know what? If you're a number, you don't care about you. You go somewhere else, you're likely to not like the doctor. And that's what Scott Ross is saying. You're more likely to get sued. So you know what? For the yeah. sake of you not being sued, start putting more laughs. That's what it takes to bring happiness into your practice. Do that as well. Bring that in because you know what? Like I said, no one's going to sue their friend, their doctor. Become a friend. You know, and well, I guess uh, another, yeah. another way to put it is like, you know, if a doctor doesn't care about me, why do I, why should I care about them? Exactly. And, you know, it's not just me with sense of humor because what I gravitate, I vacuum patients in there. You know, a lot of funny things happen. I share in my book, Funny Bones, didn't happen just in the treating rooms. Hilarity sometimes place that sometimes goes at the front desk and uh, we got funny calls. Uh, one time we were running late on a Monday, had a few emergency patients walk in or I should say crawl in. And the phone rang. My office manager answered and the person on the other line said, I'm calling to make an appointment to see Dr. Friedman. She said, sure. Uh, when would you like to see him? And the person on the phone shouted, 30 minutes ago, I'm still sitting in the treatment room waiting for him to come in and see me. Oh, <laughs> and he's a sense of humor. And I walk in and he told me he did that. And then <laughs> that's the kind of patients. And in my book, it's not just me. A lot of it's the patients with the sense of humor because they feel they can. And that's what's fun when you can get the reciprocate. It's not fun telling funny jokes and being funny solo. Who wants to do that? Well, what about front desk staff? People answer the phone and see the patients like they're really, a lot of times they're really sour pusses in most places I've been to. Is it important to have the staff on board or it's enough for the doctor to be you know, laughing and joking? Not friendly. The key is to, to be friendly. I, I've been to doctor's office and they hand, they, they hand fill these paperwork out with doctor will be with you soon or all right that's 55 for today and then you pay them and then leave and they could give they, they don't even look up at you it's rather than you know oh i'm so sorry to hear you're having a sore throat dr smith is so good at this we've seen a lot and i'm sure he's going to help you out today wow what a freaking difference man mm -hmm. you just touched their heart man may you care about the person when they come out don't just say it's 55 for today how would you like to pay check catch you say, oh, I see you're done. Oh, he gave you a prescription. Hopefully that's going to help you. No, my, my, my brother has sore throat like that. And man, I just know it could be a little tough on you, but uh, I'm sure this is going to help you. A lot of patients get better, whatever it is. Wow, she freaking cares about me. Doesn't have to be yeah. jokes. It has to be about caring. It's not knock-knock jokes. It's about just being friendly and smiling. It's not jokes. And it's awful. And I'll tell you, most offices are like that. They're just my, my, my office. Hey, Sally, how did that, how'd the baseball game go? Did your son win? Wow, you remember I was going to the competition? Yeah, my son. Just something simple to care about people and your patients as human beings and not freaking people giving you money. And that's what it's about. And you genuinely care about them. If you don't, you don't, you don't belong to be in practice. And, and, and hopefully your practice is going to hurt. And you don't deserve it because you don't care about your patients. There's got to be that care, that love for people. If you don't have that, get out of the field. You don't belong there. That's what I say. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Well, I hope that uh, you can successfully, happily infect, you know, offices all over the world so they can treat that patient better. I really would like that. What What's the best way for people to find out more about your work? Where can they get your book and, you know, any other resources and materials you have? 
Yeah, you can uh, check out my book, uh, Funny Bones, and uh, True Tales from my office that'll crack you up. It's available on Amazon, barnesandnoble.com, and booksamillion.com, and all proceeds of every book sold are going to the Laughter Saves Life Foundation. So while you're getting some healthy giggles and laughs, you're helping people having a hard time smiling, and it's really great. The, the, uh, the laughter you know that you get is going to help other people as well. And you can get more information at funnybonesbook.com, and you can see my funny trailer. We had a whole film crew come in and talk about my day job of serious, and then I go to this funny side juggling, and it kind of sums my practice up in 30 seconds. So it's really great, funnybonesbook.com, mm. and you can see a few of the videos there as well. And a lot of the famous doctors, Dr. Drew Pinsky, talked about the emotional part, and we've got Dr. Pedre, the gut doctor, talking about how it helps guts, and Dr. Steven Sinatra talks about how it helps heart disease. My book, not laughter, my book. So it's really, it's really locked into a lot of famous leading doctors. Patch Adams gave it a thumbs up. So it's really just time for fun. It's not serious. My first book had thousands of studies. This has one in the beginning. And I said, that's it. That's it. One time to laugh. <laughs> so it's not a scientific based book because let's face it, that's not funny. Let's get right yeah. to the funny stuff. <laughs> okay. Well, excellent. Well, David, thank you so much for doing what you do. And helping people feel better and relax and not be so serious all the time and relieve their stress. So, and for helping doctors, you know, to do this too, the more the better. So, thank yeah. you for being on this podcast. Thank you, buddy, for inviting me. Appreciate it. Thank you. You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.